It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Cougar Sports with Ben Crennel, and it's time for Crutin' the Cougars, an inside look at the latest news on the recruiting trail surrounding Cougar athletics. ESPN 960, welcome back to the program and to our Wasatch Medical Clinic studios. We hope you're having a good Thursday. We are having a great Thursday on the show. Darnell Dixon and Brandon Gurney running it for Ben Criddle, who is with family, having a good time, taking a little bit of time away. But you know he's thinking about the show while he's out there. Oh, yeah. He's thinking about us. And not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to make sure you know that coming up at 4.30, former BYU linebacker David Nixon will join us. And at the top of the hour, we've got new BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis. So stick around for those interviews. We're also excited to have our next guest step in and grace us with the flowery tones of his voice, and that is former on-campus BYU recruiting coordinator and VP of sales for Prep War Room, Moose Bingham. Hi, Moose. Hey, the flowery tone. That's a first to me, but I'll take it and run with it. Let's freaking go, Double B. Sounds good. How, how are things for you? What's been going on with you? Oh, I'm freaking blessed. Just been going around the high school, talking to different people. I was at Tempanogos yesterday. I had the Lone Peak on Monday. I'll be at Springville next Wednesday. We have a ton of talent in this state. It just gets better every year. It's like a fine line. I love being in Utah, brother. Well, you were outside of Utah, I understand, at the American Football Coaches Association convention recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Oh, yeah. For you guys that don't know, the AFCA is a convention. It was in Charlotte this last week. And it's really funny. Every single coach from all around the country comes in and sits in one spot. I saw Robert and I out there. I saw Joe Dupay. I saw Kalani. I hung out with a bunch of BYU guys. I hung out with a bunch of Utah guys. It was a blast. And it's fun to learn what the new people are doing, how to handle the transfer portal, how to do all the things that everyone's been asking about. So that's what we did at the AFCA. And I put up a booth and talked to lots of different colleges. That's always a fun experience to me. Uh, we just spent a segment talking to uh, a BYU prospect, Pineview tight end, Brock Harris. Uh, he's 15, Ooh. just got his first BYU offer. Told us he also have odd offers from Miami, Arizona, and Oregon. Um, I asked him, you know, do you have a timeline and how you want to get this all figured out? He said, hey, I just got these offers. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> so do you, what do you know about Brock Harris? I freaking love Brock Harris. He's a second-team All-Stater down at Desert Hills. He's in St. George. 
I can't remember if he's seven or not, but he's an absolute stud and he's a young gun. 6'5", 205, he's getting bigger all the time, but he's a kid that's a Dalton Schultz type tight end, the Cowboys tight end that prepped at Bingham High School. He's had tons of opportunities. I like how they flex him out a lot, and he had a good amount of yards this year, but he's a mismatch in 4A. He's a kid that could go off for a thousand yards this next year, easy, because he's got safety valve, has great hands. He's learning how to block little by little, but he's just an absolute stud, and he deserves all the offers he's getting. Sometimes kids will get that first offer, and no one else will offer. But it was just the snowball that started going for everyone with that Miami offer, and gave everyone else permission to give them those offers. I think he'd be a great fit at BYU. I think he does a lot of good things, but he's just a puppy. Like you said, I don't even know what to do with offers. He doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. But what I know is that he's going to be an absolute weapon the next three years in high school. And after that, the sky's the limit because he's a hard worker and he gets done what he needs to on the football. Outside. I look in the mirror every morning and try to coach up my height. It just hasn't worked. <laughs> I'm going to start focusing on my. Moose, you there? I think Moose cut out. No, I didn't cut out. I heard okay. Moose, but I didn't hear much else. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't hear you for a while. Anyway, Moose, my question is, because I'm obsessed with the offensive line, I always want offensive linemen, and I'm looking at the story of a Blake Freeland. You know where I'm going here. I, is that a thing? Am I totally up in the night with, with that being a possibility, that maybe by the time it's all said and done, this kid's going to be playing at 290, 300 pounds with his big frame and, and playing offensive linemen? Because, because I've always thought the best offensive linemen are the guys that, that play tight end in high school. So it's all predicated on how much he keeps growing. If he stays at 6'5", he'll probably stick at tight end, even 6'6". But if he gets to that 6'7", 6'8", range, I could see him putting on weight. But the nice thing is at that size, at that height already, he could end up at a ton of different places. He could end up at the O-line. He could end up at the D-line. He could be a massive D-tackle. I mean, there's a lot of different places. And initially why we took Blake Freeland, even though he was a cornerback, we're like, this kid, with the way he moves and how he is on the basketball court, a scary, scary sight. But the cool thing is we have elite tight ends in the state of Utah in the prep rate, and they're getting better all the time. I keep hearing of transfers coming in that should be in the state of Utah. So it's interesting to see what's happening right now, Gurney. We uh, talk a lot on the show about how the transfer portal has kind of turned into another offseason season. Uh, similar to what they have with free agency in, in the NBA. Just something's always happening. A couple of players committed to BYU today. As as the transfer portal gets going and, and, and uh, kind of takes over things, it seems like it's shrinking the number of offers for high school players. Is that what you're finding? And, and what, what do you tell the high school kids as they try to negotiate all of this? So I've actually researched this extensively. It used to be there would be about 3,200 Division One offers uh, kids that signed their LOI to Division One schools. The last few years, it's been hovering between 2,500 and 2,250. Mm-hmm. And so that number has been coupled with COVID. So we see that COVID gave everyone that extra year of eligibility. Hooray for the kids that are in that situation. 
but it's devastating for the kids in the high school football realm. So a lot of kids that would have taken scholarship offers are now taking PWOs or going down to the 1AA ring. The other thing it does is it can allow you to flip a roster faster. So with the transfer portal, you can quote-unquote encourage kids that aren't living up to what you thought they could be to enter the transfer portal for those better opportunities. I've seen schools from the calendar year in January to the next January, they've flipped over 50 out of the 85 scholarships in their team, which is absolute insanity. So if you're a new coach, you don't have the excuse anymore of saying, hey, I need two or three years to get my guys in. You're going to see coaches getting fired after two years by not going through and taking advantage of the portal immediately. I'm interested in what's going on with all these collectives. And, and to me, it's kind of like understanding cryptocurrency. I, I, I don't really get it, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't feel I'm alone on this. And it's hard for me to believe that all these collectives are created equally. And I think some are going to flame out. Some are going to just, just uh, it's going to piss off a lot of people. I mean, to be blunt about it, when, when they go belly up and they can't deliver on the promises. But but I, I knowing BYU like I do, I do not believe that will be the case with BYU with its, its collective. And I think maybe over time that's going to reap a lot of dividend for BYU. Um, what do you see in that regard? I, uh, am I accurate in that, that it's just going to blow up in a lot of faces of a lot of schools and they're going to lose a lot of credibility over this thing? Um, some schools, yes. Some schools, no. I'm actually impressed with Encore Marketing and how they've handled BYU's collectives and what they do. Some of these collectives that pop up, it's just a rich donor or two that wants control and who the university offers and gets committed to them, and they want better access to the football team. And football teams are encouraged at this point to get as much money as they can to get the best players they can. But we've seen it with the quarterback at Florida. He was promised $13 million, supposedly. And he didn't get it, and he hopped back into the portal immediately after signing his LOI. So it used to be that colleges, once they got a kid on campus, they're like, hey, you're stuck unless you want to go 1AA. Now the power has shifted to the student-athletes, but the market isn't as big as a lot of these student-athletes believe it is. I've seen some schools that I've done my own addition, and they're saying that they're giving out basically $10 million in a recruiting class. And I know for a fact that they don't have that. So when someone goes to cash those checks, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with those collectives. I really like how BYU has set it up and made it basically a really good situation for every player on the team. And that's what Kalani does a good job with involving everyone and making sure that everyone's taken care of. And if you've got a bigger name, if you're a quarterback at BYU, like you keep Slovis, then you may have a few more opportunities than the backup kicker. And that's just the way of the world. But I love what BYU does. I think that there's great people at BYU, and I think they have the right collective running there. And I think they've got the right board of directors, and everything they're doing is really impressive to me. Moose, I know you keep a pretty close tab on high school recruiting in the state of Utah. Who are a couple of guys heading into next season that you think are going to blow up and and start getting offers and and should be paid attention to? 
Um, probably the number one kid I'd pay attention to is Roger Cialapega. I really like him. The tight end at Orem. I can't say a crossword about him. I think he is a top four-star, possibly boarding on five-star if he goes to the camp circuit and gets his star rating up. I really like Aaron Dunn down at Spanish Fort. I think he's a dude. There's a plethora of guys at West High School. Bo Tate is a kid that I really like as well. I mean, here's the deal. The talent at Utah has just immensely gotten better over the last few years due to the training we're getting from Ofa, Tuni Kanuch, Ross Apo, Robertson Daniel. There's so many guys out here that are giving out elite training to these guys that you're seeing the state of Utah talent base catching up to the other states like California, Texas, Georgia, Florida. Moose, when we follow high school football during the fall, it's a pretty regimented, you know, they go to practice, they have games. Once the season is over, what's the offseason like for these high school football players who are looking to improve and, and what, what sort of options do they have and what, what do they do from now until when they start up in the summer again? So there's a lot of things that each individual kid can do, and I talk about it in my program called Football Recruiting Pro, and you can get that at footballrecruitingpro.com. But if you, once your season is finished, You've got two options. One, start training right now. Or two, don't even worry about going to the next level. So football has become an all-year-round event with seven-on-seven circuits, camp, and every single kid that wants to go to the next level should be running the 100-meter dash track or the equivalent if you're at a different position. Long jump, um, discus throw, javelin, whatever. The playing of multiple sports helps you out. If you're done with your football season and you can't play basketball, you better be wrestling. You better be doing whatever it takes to get to the next level, getting those skills, because the more you can do, the better off you're going to be. I was at a Pac-12 school the other day, and we pulled up a kid's film, and they didn't want to watch his football film. They wanted to watch his basketball film. That was very interesting to me because I'm like, his football film's really good. They're like, yeah, but we want to see how he moves in space without – the regiments of football, and I'm like, that's an interesting point. So if you want to go to the next level, you better be working, or the kid at the next high school will be outworking you. Yeah, your point about multiple sports is interesting because I hear stories from parents all the time where a coach at a high school level is telling the kid, hey, you got to be at all of our stuff, and if you, you've got something else going on, we don't want that. I know a kid at American Fork who plays volleyball who got a little bit in trouble from his coach for going to a, the final weekend tournament, even though he didn't miss any any basketball stuff. There was one last tournament he wanted to go to, and the coach is like, hey, you got to commit. or It's not fair to the other kids. So there's this push and pull going on between some high school coaches and the athlete, whereas it seems like I know you're a proponent of multiple sports, and I know a lot of college coaches like to see their guys play multiple sports. Yeah, I think that's absolutely foolish, and you're taking away opportunities from a kid, and I think it's absolutely selfish if you're a high school coach that won't allow your kid to play other sports. I think that's just asinine, to be honest with you. It makes me a little bit irate. Every single kid may not be going be one in the sport that you coach, but give the kid as many opportunities as you possibly can. And if he can't make it to your stuff every single time, that's fine. I've seen soccer players that are great kickers that show up to football games 
just a kick, and they're great. Pat McAfee is a great example of that who ended up being an NFL kicker. If your elite athletes are great at your sport, let's build a school and help out the other sports by letting your elite athletes play other sports. I saw a great example at Viewmont. Their tight end this last year was playing receiver as well, and he was a star on the basketball team. And the basketball coach was like, I want all my guys to play football because they get tougher in the paint. They do a lot of good things. And focusing on one sport all year round, you get a burnout factor that happens quite quickly. So I don't know what's going on with coaches, but if you're selfish enough to take away from opportunities from kids, you should probably look in the mirror and ask yourself if you're coaching for the right reasons at this point. Moose, I, I've kind of celebrated that the most notable change that we're going to see from this BYU defensive staff is on the recruiting front. And I'm looking at the uh, transfer portals they're bringing in, which I think is a harbinger of, of what we're going to see as far as the recruiting front, as far as high school. I, I mean, you can mesh them together. It's kind of the same thing anyway. But it seems like they're all doing really well in addressing specific needs maybe more more so than any time I've seen since Kalani became head coach at BYU. Are you seeing that? You go around to the colleges, your ears to the ground, you're more in touch with this than most people. Are you seeing that, or am I just up in the night thinking that it's going to be that much more pointed and that much more effective going forward? Well, Jay Hill is someone who I think the world of. I think that Jay Hill is doing a great job, and Jay is very organized. He knows exactly what he's looking for, and there's no guesswork when it comes to what he wants. And so when you're doing that targeted recruiting, you can go to a high school and say, I want a kid that does A, B, C, D. Do you have anyone that fulfills those requirements? And when the coaches know exactly what you're looking for, then they can recommend the right kids for you as well. And there's a trickle-down effect. You can't be the lazy recruiter when your coordinator is out there busting his butt doing everything he can because if he's owning his areas and you're not they're going to find someone to replace you so there's that competitive edge right now in the defensive staff room where everyone wants to bring in the best guy and i've seen some schools where they take that almost a little bit too far they do um incentives and bonuses for their assistant coaches based off of who they can bring in and i think that ruins team chemistry a little bit because it incentivizes you to play the four-star kid when maybe the three-star kid is better. But I think the way Jay is doing it, I think the way BYU is doing it, is phenomenal. And I think they've got great people there right now. Gennaro is an awesome, awesome recruiter and human being. Kelly Papina, I loved him at Virginia. I loved him at BYU. I loved him at Boise State, and I love him at BYU. Dione Puha, he is the freaking man. Just a religious giant and a giant in and of himself. And it's not just that BYU has these assistant coaches that are great recruiters. They have great analysts backing them up now. When I was at BYU, we didn't have any analysts. So the coach had to handle game plan. They had to handle recruiting. They had to handle everything under the sun. But now they can offload some of that work to the analysts and focus on building relationships with the recruit like every other P5 institution. And I love seeing that. Hey, Moose, we'll let you go. Appreciate your time today. It's always good to talk to you. Anytime. Freaking love you guys. Sorry, the connection's a little crazy. But we do what we got to do, gentlemen. Okay, keep, right. keep doing the good work. Thanks, Moose.
Have a good one. Bye. ESPN 960, Moose Bingham, giving us the lowdown on high school recruiting. And that number that he gave us was pretty interesting. And when you take into account the fact that team guys were getting additional year with COVID plus uh, the recruiting out of the transfer portal, that's really limited the number of opportunities. And so a lot of guys going lower division or preferred walk-on or walk-on. So you really got to be elite to and, and, and continue the work in order to get to where you want to go. Coming up next on the program, it is former BYU linebacker David Nixon. We'll talk about Cougars and the pros as well as what's going on with BYU football. Coming up next on ESPN 960 Sports.